and the Spirit, we're all one, right? So we want the oneness. In order to get that, we've got to begin to really go for the oneness, discover that sameness that is in each of us. So how can we do that yet still accept or honor the uniqueness or diversity going on? That's a challenge the whole world has. But, you know, it's really wonderful. You don't have to go out in the world anywhere to discover any of this. All you have to do is go inside of yourself because it's all right there. Isn't it amazing? Everything we experience is all inside of ourselves. The only thing that happens in the world is it gives us some type of stimulation, whether visual or auditory or feelings or smells or tastes. And it seems to trigger something inside here. But it's still always inside. You getting where I'm going? What do I keep moving towards? Inside. Everything is going inside. That's why on this pathway of loving that we practice in here in Inner Light Ministries is always about going within. And yeah, most of the time we talk about meditation, and we'll talk about that. But I'm also wanting to talk tonight about some other things besides meditation because it's often all these other things that get in the way of meditation, of getting in the way of going within to really come to discover that greater divinity, that greater divine light and love that we are, if you believe that. But you see in here, we don't want to deal with belief systems. We want you to know that. We want you to know your divinity. We don't want you to believe anything. Think about it. Would you rather live your life on a belief or would you rather live your life on knowing? That's what we're going for here. Nothing against any other pathway or faith or belief system. What we want to do is take all these practical tools <coughs> and apply them so that we can begin to have our own personal experience and turn belief systems into living realities. But part of that journey of also turning it into a living reality is also we're going to discover that some of these beliefs we carry or we've been taught or that the world runs or other people run around us aren't necessarily so. Just because somebody says it or it's written down doesn't mean it's true. I mean, think of all the things that are written down and spoken out there that are not true. You know that phrase, the truth shall set you free? Well, if everything's true, then we should all be pretty free. But yet we don't experience the freedom. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. You know, it's funny because one of the things I always thought is that if there's anything that should be taught in our school systems is really how to be ourselves. Isn't that a common phrase out there? Be yourself. Well, how come they don't teach us how to be ourselves? Because that's probably, I don't want to say the most unexplored, but maybe the most difficult frontier or area to begin to really pursue or to understand. Because it's not tangible. You can't say one plus one equals two when you're dealing with the human element going inside in the human kingdom. It's not quite that simple. Things seem so much more complex. They're so predictable. They're so unpredictable. Well, I thought I knew them, then all of a sudden they did something different. 
Well, maybe they want to change finally because they're getting tired of doing the same old thing over and over. But it's that human element. How can we begin to really know ourselves to be ourselves? So that's what we're looking at here is really to go within to not only be ourselves, but to know how to be ourselves because that's a lot of the journey is the how-to because a lot of that is not taught in the world. So we've got to go searching to all these different groups, whether it's personal growth, spiritual growth. We're out there searching to discover how to be ourselves. But it's hard to be ourselves when we don't even know who we are. And that's the greatest journey of all. No space is not the final frontier unless it's your inner space to go within. It's so funny because it's the easiest thing because it's always there wherever we go, no matter what we're doing. But yet it's one of the things we often don't want to look at. It's so much easier just to focus out here, to do things out here, to go to school, to learn how to be out here to do things in the world. But what about going to school inside? How to learn how to be? How to learn to know? To understand ourselves? And God forbid if we should like ourselves, let alone love ourselves. Because we're so busy in the world trying to demonstrate or prove ourselves so that others will like or love us. that we never give our chan- ourselves a chance to like or love ourselves because we're so busy out here trying to get others to like or love us. And right there, just that simple thing I just said, if all you take tonight is that statement and begin to work with liking or loving yourself rather than trying to get others to like or love you, that will change and transform your life. Right there. You do that, come back in a year when we're here, and we'll have a different conversation. And then we'll talk more about meditation. And we'll do that tonight anyway, too. But there are steps to this journey to go within. And sometimes meditation, for some of us, maybe that's too soon. Maybe we need to do a little bit of this personal growth work, more the inner kingdom of really getting to know that mental and emotional self. Learning about our belief systems, what we've learned, what we carry into the world what our focus is, why are we doing what we're doing. And then we always have to ask ourselves, do I want to keep doing it? Or do I want to change? Do I want to do something else? Do I want to begin to discover how to love myself? And then begins the true inner journey. We have a wonderful acronym here in Inner Light Ministries. L-A-F, laugh, loving, accepting, and forgiving. Those three simple keys or tools that if we begin to apply them in our own inner life can begin to transform, to change, to shift. Just these simple areas I've been speaking of so far. How many of us really accept ourselves? When I say ourselves, I don't mean just the spiritual self, the physical self. Do you like or love who you are physically? 
your imaginational self, what you like or love, what you fantasize about, what you daydream about? Does it support you or work against you? Do you fantasize about uplifting things or things that are hurtful? What about your emotions? How do you feel about yourself? Do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel bad about yourself? How do you feel, really? I'm not saying you've got to tell everybody, but it's good to be honest with yourself how you feel. And what do you believe? What do you believe? Sometimes we call it opinions, but usually those opinions are reflections of what we really hold as a belief inside of ourselves. What's right and wrong? Is there even such a thing as right and wrong? Is that just made up? So begin to look at these things, to ask yourself, to look at yourself, to stand in front of the mirror and to really begin to look inside, look in that mirror. Even if all you do is start with the physical level, start loving who you are physically. Literally, just stand there in front of the mirror, naked if you want, looking in your eyes, looking at your body, and just say, I love you. I love you, physical self. Don't just do it a couple times, because usually at first when we start doing it, we feel so crazy, embarrassed, stupid. Why am I doing this? This is nuts. But if you do it enough, all of a sudden something begins to relax and shift. And you might actually begin to actually love yourself, love that physical self. You might feel something move inside of you. Simple technique. That's how I actually started meditating. I started doing exercises like that before I even started doing the meditation that we teach here in Interlight Ministries. To stand in front of the mirror and look in my own eyes. It's a great way to start to get to know who you are. And then to do the same thing for that imaginational self, for the emotional self, for the mental self. And even those parts called the subconscious, unconscious, whatever you want to call it that you're not aware of, to start to even say, I love all that I am that I'm not even aware of. It's like a mantra, an affirmation. Because you see, as we begin to love ourselves, guess what's going to happen in the world around us? Ever heard of the phrase, like attracts like? If you want people around you to start liking and loving you, this is a way that you'll begin to see that happen. I was amazed when I began doing this practice. And that as I started to truly love myself, all of a sudden I had people come up around me and say, gosh, I really like you. And then even people started saying, I love you. Because I finally started liking and loving myself. But before that, I was always trying to get people out here to like or love me. See, the other funny thing is when I was starting to like and love myself, I stopped trying to get others to like and love me. And then when I really did like and love myself, I didn't need others to do it. And then all of a sudden, now they started coming. But you see, this isn't really about getting others to like or love you. That's just feedback from the universe to let you know you're on track. 
That's all that is. Because sometimes we need a little confirmation. We don't necessarily always believe what we tell ourselves until all of a sudden somebody else tells us. Isn't that true? I'm not saying all the time, but often. So that's one way to know as you put this into practice when you find others responding to that. And then you just smile. Say, wow, this stuff really works. So simple, so easy. God, Brian, you're not talking about anything profound and deep tonight, are you? You've got to start somewhere. Even if you've been doing a spiritual pathway for a long time, try doing this exercise if you've never done this before. Or even if you have, revisit it. Try it out. See what happens. Quite often I found for myself, usually within about three weeks of doing this on a daily basis, I usually start to see some type of response or results unfold. The thing is, once you learn or have an experience with one simple technique like I'm talking about now, you can apply the same principle in other ways in other areas of your life. It's the same principle. It's often called give to yourself what others you what you want others to give to you. You know the phrase, what goes around comes around? Well, sometimes you've got to prime the pump and give it to yourself first. What you put out comes back to you. So start putting out what you want to come back to you and be patient enough and be observant enough to see when it happens. And then a wonderful thing happens. When you start to have that experience inside, then you want to know more. You want to experience more. You get hungry, thirsty to have more of that because it feels so good. It sounds so good. It looks so good. So you begin to go deeper. You started here, and now that's moving you the next step a little deeper. Well, what's next? What's next? Well, there are these levels of consciousness, just like this pretty, uh, what do we call that? Kind of a sculpture, <laughs> the thing. The, the, the chart of the realms and a beautiful, yeah, it's like a totem pole. So there's, there's, there's seven discs there. There's the physical, which I was just talking about in the mirror. The next one's the astral realm. That's what we also call the realm of imagination, realm of daydreams, fantasies, visualizations. The causal realm is the realm of emotion. And the mental realm, the realm of mind and belief systems, as I've seen. And then, of course, the void, which is what we call the unconscious. These are all different aspects of the self. When people talk about self-realization, that's what we're dealing with, is all these different parts of self. And there is an inner journey to move through all these. And then the next step of the way is that soul, that divine spark, the child of God that we are. And then, of course, the realm of spirit beyond that, that clear star at the top. You call God or the creator, the source from which we've all come. So there are different steps to this journey. It's been referred to sometimes as a stairway to heaven, Jacob's ladder, 
You often hear us use the river of loving. You ever see the old Renaissance paintings where they show all these layers of clouds and openings and all the angelic host and teachers and masters and all this, all those different levels. Same thing right here. So there are all these different levels to who we are. But not really. Because all we are is the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. And all those other levels and realms are simply different aspects of creation that we, the soul, are moving into and through, having experience to awaken to the greater kingdom, the greater knowing of God's creation. That's the journey. It's through all that. It's the soul's journey through all these different realms and levels. That's the simplicity. So rather than focusing on all these different levels and trying to awaken to each one, why not just focus on one? Why not just focus on the one, the divine? And come to know the truth of who we are rather than the self, often the world, thinks of. There's even that phrase, what? I think, therefore I am. I think, I think, I am. Yeah, that's the mind. That's how this world operates. So we've got to be able to reach beyond that. To really wake up and know the divine, the true self. Not the mental self, the ego self, the personality self. Well, guess what? As we awaken to the divine, we are going to move through all these realms and come to know all these different aspects of self through all these realms. It's a lot of work. That's why we don't do all that stuff in here. Why we keep it simple and simply focus on the divine, on the truth of who we are, the divine self, the soul. And as we come to know that, we come to know not just these levels of self, but yet the greater self that is in all, back to the one where we are all one. As I began, the sameness rather than the uniqueness and the diversity. Because there's a lot of diversity through all these other realms. But yet in the realm of spirit of oneness, there's the sameness. And it's all just loving. It's what we all truly seek, what we all truly want to know, what we want to experience. And remember, isn't that why you're here tonight? Or did you know what you were coming for? So no matter which self you're looking to discover, there's always a technique in a way. Before the divine self, there's always just one way, the way. Through history, it's been referred to as the way or the path. Even Lao Tzu called it the Tao, the way. Jesus called it the way. Others have called it the pathway. There's just one way, and that way is loving. And to wake up and truly know that loving, that is spirit, that is divine, is always taught 
and always has been taught as an action of going within. But a very specific action, a very specific focus, a very specific purpose. It's not just going inside and wandering through because all these other things I was talking about, it's a big world in here, let alone out there. There's a lot to get lost in. We can find ourselves wandering for an eternity, it seems. But there is a quick way. But that takes purpose and intention, direction, and action. You can't just wish, hope, fantasize about it. Although those may help, but they won't bring it about. It takes very focused, specific action. A meditation of going within that is very intentful, that is very directed. And it is all simply an action of loving. Just loving. That's all we're doing in the meditation here. We're not looking for anything else but loving. And in that loving, everything else unfolds. All this other stuff I was talking about, we come to know and wake up to all that we need to. Whatever it may be for our own understanding, our life's mission, our life's fulfillment and purpose. Is it really to be something in the world or is it really to discover and know the truth of who you are? And on that journey, you simply are having experience in this world so what really is our purpose? I always say that because I know so many of us are always trying to discover what our purpose is, thinking it's some type of a career or a relationship or something in the world. And we're always looking, even when we think we found it. And we do it for a while, and then all of a sudden we go, oh God, maybe that's not it. And so then we begin to realize maybe there's something else. But eventually we do begin to realize that it's not in the world. And that's when we come to groups like this. Because we want to really know that greater truth of the Spirit. And we hear about it over and over. And then we resist it for a while. And then we try it out a little bit. And then we have some little experience and we get scared because we think we saw a ghost or something. And we go, oh, but that's why I was meditating. I wanted to see the Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> and it goes, boo, I'm here. And we go, oh, my God. And it goes, yes, I'm God. But because it's not physical, it's not emotional, it's not mental, it's not something we can comprehend, or experience as we do in this world, it scares us because it's foreign to us. We don't understand it. And that often happens. But often, haven't we also heard about overcoming our fears? That's right. Hear God's love. And in action, whether you call it the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, or just loving, the Great Spirit, universal spirit, whatever it may be. It's always present. We think it's not, but it always is. And when we finally turn our attention to it and we begin to see it, we step back in fear. 
That's the hardest part. We step back in fear. It's we who are holding ourselves back. It's not that God or spirit or somebody or something, a ghost or whoever is doing something to us. It is our own fears. Because, believe me, and I say believe me, I know from my own experience, we're going to have things go up, come up that we could call ghosts or things that would spook us. But if you know or knew that they could not harm you in any way, maybe you wouldn't be so scared. Maybe you would keep going and allow yourself now to move into the greater experience of that Holy Spirit. Think about it. Having all the mystics, the saints through the ages, always talked about visions and realms and heavens and all these beings they've seen along the way and we go, oh, I wish I could have that. And then all of a sudden a little, little bit happens and all of a sudden we get scared. That's a lot of what happens. So often it just takes patience to start to move forward through our fears. It's as simple as that. It sounds so simple, but yet when the fear is upon us, it's the most challenging time. So we hold ourselves back, we turn around, we run the other way. But then we try to do all these other things. They get It gets us nowhere. And then we realize, okay, I need to go back and revisit that because I can't seem to get away from it. So let me go back within now, sit down and meditate again, see what happens next. Maybe that won't happen again. So we do, and we have a different experience. No, maybe it's not so bad. I know a lot of what I'm talking about right now so far sounds really simple, but it's amazing how the simple things that we often don't do, when they're the very things we need to do in order to really begin to wake up and begin to really know the greater truth of Spirit. So if you're one, who has been wondering, who's been feeling stuck, or feeling like nothing's been going on, come back to the basics. Come back to the simplicity. Come back at looking inside and seeing what it is inside of you that you're fearful of. And begin to love that fear. Begin to love yourself through the fear. And realize there's a journey here. It's not just about the destination, right? There's a journey. And it's all these fears, these things inside, that that journey is. That on this inner walk of awakening to the divine, that we are going to come across. And if we're not willing to look at and work with these things, we're not going to get what we want. I wish it were different, but I haven't found it to be so. But I have found that when I am willing and do begin to work with these things within me, that all of a sudden it begins to change. And I do have the greater experience and the knowing of that which I am seeking, that greater awakening and knowing who I am and loving and realizing in truth that we're all seeking that. That phrase, it takes great courage to see the face of God. 
doesn't take courage to see the face of God. It takes a lot of courage to get through all the fears to see the face of God. That's what that's about. That's all that is. Just realize that on this journey. That's all I'm trying to do is acknowledge these things to give yourself permission to stop wondering and fretting and fighting it and to realize there's this journey. There are steps along the way. There are things we're going to learn and do in this journey of awakening. And we need to handle those things and work with them. And that's not a bad thing. Oh my God, I've got to suffer my karma. It's not about that. It's about learning from those opportunities. That's what karma is. There are opportunities to look and learn. And if we approach it that way, then we are going to awaken and get the fullness out of life that we are here to get. So in other words, stop avoiding, stop denying, stop fighting, stop struggling. Stop all that stuff. Start loving, start opening, start accepting. Start receiving. And then you'll start to find the beingness. All the stuff we hear about. Maybe we've tapped into it. Maybe we've seen a little bit or heard a little bit. Fell a little bit. And we want more. All I'm here to do tonight is to maybe help bring a little understanding. Help you to realize that there are very practical things you can do to support yourself on this journey of going within. So, what I'd like to do now, if it's all right with everybody, is do a little meditation of going within. It won't be a long one. What I'm going to do is guide us into a meditation. I ask that you just follow along. And at one point, and I'll say it as I'm going along, we're going to move into a little bit of silence. And then as in the silence, I'm going to have you do a specific technique or action that I'm going to explain here in a moment. And then when we're done with the meditation, I'll just once again begin talking to guide everybody out of the meditation. Maybe about 20 minutes, maybe even as long as 30. I doubt it, but we'll do a little bit of time. Most of you in here, maybe all of you, I'm not sure, have heard of the meditation technique we do. Let me remind you that the meditation we do is all about awakening to God and sharing our love with God and hoping to receive God's loving for us. That's it. That's what we're doing. It's really simple. The challenge is, can we be open? Can we keep a focus? Can we stay in that place of loving so that we can allow ourselves the opportunity to really come to know that greater truth of loving? That's a challenge, yet it's not. So a technique we use in this action of loving is working with a name of God, sometimes called a mantra, a tone, a sound, a name, as I said. Most of you in here I know, know it, the hue, H-U, as in the word human, God and man. So we're going to be chanting the hue and at one point as we go into meditation, I'm going to ask us to chant it out loud. So we'll chant it out loud just a few times. And then we'll just let it come quiet. 
What I'm going to ask you to do when we go into the time of silence is just keep chanting that hue silently inside of yourself. It sounds like you. And just keep repeating it over and over. But as you're repeating it, I would ask that you also focus your attention up here to the, towards the top of the head. We often refer to this place as the seat of the soul, the divine center. It's above the eyebrows. It can be above your head, the center of the head. Whatever works for you, we just ask to hold your attention here. Just hold your attention because this is the place where in this physical body the soul resides to have experience through this physical consciousness. So we hold our attention on the soul as we're repeating that name of God. So as we're repeating that name, that sound or frequency has a vibration of loving in it. So as you pay attention, you may begin to experience an inner movement of loving where you may feel a sensation on the top of your head, like a warmth or a tingly on the top of the head or forehead. You may even begin to see an inner light, such as a purple or blue or gold or white light. You may hear an inner sound. It may come forward as a, like a ringing in the ear, a sound of nature or a musical instrument. These are all different ways that we can recognize that movement of the divine, the loving, the spirit, and other ways. But these are the most common that we experience here. So as you hold your attention here and chant that hue inside, I would also ask that you also come quiet and simply observe. Look, listen, and feel for that inner stirring and movement of loving upon the top of your head, and it may even move in and through your body. And if you do experience or see or hear something, just relax. Remember that fearful part I mentioned earlier? If that pops up inside of you, just relax. Let it do what it's going to do. You don't need to respond to it. Because you, the divine self, get to choose. So choose the loving, not the fear. And just hold your attention inwards and upwards, allowing yourself to simply open and experience more of that inner light and sound and loving. And that's it. See what unfolds. And whenever you find yourself becoming distracted, whether it sounds in the room, or you start fantasizing about something or thinking about something else or feel kind of funny or whatever it is, let that be okay, but don't focus on it. Just bring your focus back up to the seat of the soul and focus on the loving and see what happens. Maybe the fear, maybe the emotions, maybe whatever will just pass and you'll move into the peace that is in that loving. 